It took a big chunk It's bleeding. It's bleeding. Oh no, it's bleeding. The thing just ripped me ear off. What do you think? Hello, everyone, and welcome along to the second Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast of 2021. Now, thanks for all the great feedback to last month's chat with Kevin Sinfield, by the way. Glad you enjoyed it as much as I did. And with the pandemic showing no signs of easing off anytime soon, Steve-O is still in Australia right now. And he says he'll only return when he feels it's 100% safe to do so. We will be talking to him next month and every week thereafter once the Super League season is up and running again. But this month, after talking to Kevin in January, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by another living legend of the game, Warrington Wolves' Lee Breers. Now, I named Lee as the best player I had seen in Super League on my retirement at Easter 2019. So let's get going and talk to him right now. Lee, many thanks for taking the time out for me. Uh, first of all, how are you coping during these very, very strange times? Oh, well, firstly, thank you for having me on. And uh, obviously, uh, Steve O's got it a bit better than us at the moment, isn't he, over in Australia? But yeah, it's it's great to be on. And uh, it, it's it's like anybody else, it's tough at the moment, Eddie, as you know, as you well know. And I, I suppose we're quite lucky that you know, we're professional sports people, we we can go to work each day, and you know, we can run around the field and take our minds off what is you know, a terrible situation in the world. And uh, I, I, re- I really feel for, for everybody who's been affected by it. And, you know, let's hope that we, we can we can get through it and come out stronger the other side. And I'm, I'm sure we will. I'm sure because one thing I know about us British, us English, that we're, we're, we're resilient uh, and, and we'll come out of it stronger and, and we'll, we'll be stronger for it. We will indeed. Look, I'm going to um, come on to your current role as assistant coach at the Wolves a little bit later on. But can I, right at the start of this, take you back to the to the very start of your career, 1997, uh, at your hometown club of St. Helens, and you made your debut at 18, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I actually, not many people know this, but when I was at Saints, uh, in, in, in the autumn of 96, I went out to France uh, and went, I went and played for Carcassonne for three months for their first team. Uh, and 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 that did me a world of good. It was the first time I was playing against men, and I, and I come back at Christmas and and maybe debut in the Boxing Day game against Wigan uh, in front of twenty six thousand at Central Park. So uh, I would always look back on them times in in France, uh, and they they stood me in great stead for for what was to come. But coming back to Saint Helens at Christmas, I didn't once think that I was going to play first team, uh, not even once. But you know, obviously played. The six or seven times, it was just a, it was just a dream come true from a boy from over the road in in Eccleston uh, to to make his debut for his hometown club. So, yeah, I've got really fond memories of that, and uh, it's something I'd, I'd dreamt about, but never really believed I could do it. Uh, didn't really have much confidence in my ability, but somebody did, and I, and I thank them for that. Well, I, I remember you, you came into the side because uh, Bobby Goulding was out suspended, wasn't he? He got sent off in a cup tie that year, and. As it happened, he was out for such a long time. You actually helped St. Helens to the Challenge Cup final in 1997, but you weren't included in the squad for the final against the Bradford Bulls. Uh, was that was that a decision 
that really was the beginning of the end for you at Saints? Or would you have been prepared to battle on? Uh, a, a bit of both. A bit of, you know, I look back at it and uh, obviously you can now and uh, in hindsight, hindsight's great, isn't it? Uh, but going back to that game where Bobby Golden got sent off against Neil Cowie and, you know, I was in the stands that day, you know, with, with my friends. I was in the academy, playing the academy for the academy. Was, you know, we'd had a few pints watching the Wigan Saints derby in the <laughs> Challenge Cup and, and probably had a bit too many. But, that, you know, when Bobby Golden hit Neil Cowie around the head and smashed him, I was jumping up and down, screaming, you know, as, as, a, as a normal fan would. And I, was, I did never once realise that, actually, that moment in that game where Bobby got sent off would change my life forever. Just that one moment, because... Two days later, Sean McRae got me in his office and said, "We're gonna, we're gonna throw you in uh, into the number seven show, and you're gonna make you, you know, you're gonna play for St. Helens in the first team." So, oh, I thank Bobby for getting sent off. Really, I've got a lot to, <laughs> to thank him for. It. No, Bobby Golden was was fantastic for me at St. Uh, even you know on our days. Well, I wasn't even full time, but on days off, Bobby used to bring me in to Nosey Road doing some kicking and. I suppose he's still looking out for me when he got sent off because it was it was the making of me really. And uh, further on down the line, obviously we we played in the Challenge Cup and we played in the semi final and then uh, getting to the final was amazing. But you know I was still a young kid. I was still uh, I still knew where I was in the squad. Bobby Golden was going to come back, and there was no way I thought that I would ever play. There was no way that I thought I'd ever be on the bench. I was I'm gr- I was grounded as a person, so I knew that I had to bide my time in the in the A team as it was then the reserves and and you know work my way up. Uh, probably do two or three seasons and and looking around 2021 to to get in. So I knew all those things, but as 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 you you well know, uh, the Challenge Cup final takes some organising in itself. So uh, obviously you go down on the Thursday, you, you do the walk around Wembley and you stay in a hotel. So that takes a lot of organising. Everybody gets suits and whatnot. So leading up to this, it was probably about three weeks before uh, the, the the directors and the, the club called a meeting to, to organise everything, to outline the logistics. And it, it, it transpired in this meeting that, you know, I wasn't going to go down with a squad. I wasn't going to do the hotel. I wasn't going to get a new suit. Do you know what? I was gutted about the new suit more than anything because <laughs> I, I, I only had ever had a pair of slacks and that was to go courting. <laughs> so I was uh, I, I, I was gutted about that. No, but I was I was really upset. I was really, really upset that they weren't even going to take me down on the Thursday and, and I was going to go down with the academy on the Saturday there and back. And now, it wasn't a big thing that I, I would have gone with my mum and dad if I had to, but I thought just thought it was a bit disrespectful and, you know, fair play to Chris Joint that day because, you know, he showed the true leader of, a, of, of what a captain is and stood right up for me in, in that meeting. But I come out with that meeting very, very, you know, disillusioned with with my town, my team. All they ever wanted was St. Helens, you know. Just to put in perspective, I, I signed St. Helens. Uh, I signed for a £1,000 a year that was I got it every birthday. I was, I was on twenty nine pound fifty a week, and and I was still on a thousand pound when I was playing first team. Uh, money was not an issue to me. I just wanted to play for Saints. You know, it, it was it was just an unbelievable uh, an honour for me. So I come out of that meeting. I, I was I was a bit disillusioned, and I was and I was angry, and I was upset. Uh, and then it was pos- probably about a day. It was next day actually. Tommy Cunningham, who's Kieran Cunningham's brother, he's an agent. He actually phoned up 
phoned home. Well, he didn't phone our house because we couldn't afford a, a house phone at the time. So he phoned my next door neighbour whose house we usually use. <laughs> uh, and I honestly, to this day, don't know how he got that number. So, but So Karen from over the road, who's a Mad Saints fan, come over and she said, Lee, there's, there's a guy on the on the phone. And he says, he's Tommy Cunningham. He's an agent. So I, I went and I honestly swore hand on heart that I didn't even know agents agents existed in the game. I, I just thought, you know, we, you play rugby league for the fun of it. I didn't know about money and whatnot. And and he, and he got me, he actually got me at the right time, if you like, for Warrington because I was at my lowest point then. Uh, and, and he said, listen, Warrington are coming and they want to they wanna make you the number seven and, you know, they want to meet you. Uh, how do you feel? And you know what? I said, yeah, let's do it. Now, in hindsight, if you put Libri as a 42-year-old in that situation, I probably would have took a step back and gone, uh, no, no, I'm all right, I'm all right. But uh, they turned my head because the, I'd, I'd had a taste of being a number seven in Super League and I wanted more. And that's So they got me at the right time, to be fair. If it would have been a two-day later, I probably would have said no. Uh, but they got wow. me and I, we had a meeting. I had a meeting. I met uh, Paul Cullen and, and Darrell Vanderveld who picked me up on the Black Bull car park in St. Helens. <laughs> we took, took me to Taylor Park, a park around the corner, uh, um. And we had a chat and, you know, I liked everything they said. They, they said they were going to build a team around me, which, let's not forget, six months prior to this, I was a ten and a half stone lad who was just playing on the bowling greens at night around where he lived. Uh, so it was a big, it was big, it was massive. I go back to the money side of things. Now, I was I was rubbish at school, I did. Absolutely rubbish. Maths, I didn't do maths. But I knew when they offered me £36,000 a year and thirty six. <laughs> And £36,000 cash in my hand, that's a lot more than £1,000. So it was a big turning point as well. But the main thing is he was going to give me number seven. And uh, we was just I was due to have my first child in September that year. So that was a big thing. I could get on the property ladder. And, and they say the, the rest is history. And I honestly believe that it's the best thing I've ever done. Well, it was a, an absolutely dream move for you as it, as it came about. Because... Quite apart from all of that, the money and everything else and on the property ladder and they're going to build the team around you, you actually were a nominee for the Young Player of the Year in 1997, weren't you? Your first year in the Warrington Colours, you impressed people that much that you, you got one of the three nominees as Young Player of the Year. Yeah, I got nominated and won it, uh, which from, from, a, from a rugby sense, uh, you know, it, it doesn't real, really mean that much to me the individual honours they never have and it's people look at me and go you're lying because I was you know we, we everybody thought that you know myself was an individual floor player uh, which which I was I was I was to a point but the team always come first and always will come first uh, so as much as it was an unbelievable unbelievable award to win I knew that without my teammates that I wouldn't ever have got that far so yeah, it, it was one of what I look back now and retired on and look back at them individual honours and go, yeah, I like that. That's that's something that, you know, somebody's seen something in you, your, your peers and whatnot. And, you know, I can, I can tell my son now who's on that ladder is that's what you've got to strive to. It's it's, it's important that you do that. It is indeed. Uh, and it, it was a, a few years later, I think 2003, you were uh, made captain of the team. That must have been a very proud moment for you too. It, it was. It was a very, very proud moment. Probably, you know, up there in, in the top three when I look back. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's an awesome thing to to, to captain, you know, your, your club, 
uh, your country, whatever that may be, because you need to be a leader. Now, I can I can look back on them times now, and I can honestly say, you know, Libra's uh, wasn't the best captain that Warrington Wolves have ever had. Uh, I, would I, would I do things differently? Probably not, but I, I can see why Paul Cullen give me give me the captain because of probably how well I was the, the, the number one player. 2009, you beat Huddersfield in the final. First Challenge Cup for Warrington since 74. And the first silverware since the Regal Trophy in 91. A, a new era had certainly begun at Warrington then. And I know that 2009 was extra special for you because you'd suffered personal tragedy, hadn't you, with the death of your brother Brian eight years previously. And you dedicated the win that day to Brian's memory. Yeah, it was it was real weird actually because it was his birthday on uh, on on the semi final day uh, when we when we played uh, we played Wigan at Widnes, uh, and so you know it was weird that in two nine that was his birthday in, in the semi final I scored a try under the post and then in two ten it happened again it was the same day and I scored in exactly the same place so something about it but going back to two nine yeah. Turning up to Wembley for the very first time, and uh, we'd not won there in 34 years, I think you, you said, and it, it was just very, very special. And leading up to that, you know, that week was it was just super, super uh, sharp. The training was the best I've ever seen it. Tony Smith, you know, he was brought to Warrington to, to get us across the line to win them big games, and you could tell when we got to them finals, he, he took another level. And our training down in London was was unbelievable. Everything was sorted for us down to the the women's hotel, the girls' hotel, what Simon rang our owner kind of paid for and uh, the tickets were all taken care of and everything, the white noise was all, there was no white noise, everything was geared up to win and uh, a little story about I, I used to get really nervous in, for games, be it playing Swinton, be it playing Wigan, anybody. So the le- week leading up to the semi-final, I didn't sleep, I probably slept about three hours a night, Wait to, woke up every morning and I was violently sick every single morning. Uh, played oh, the wow. game. Played, I always used to be sick before the game and I was sick at half-time. Uh, played, obviously, beat, beat Wigan in the semi-final. So, the week leading up to Wembley, wow, it was it was real weird. Uh, the full week leading up to it, I was just so calm. Uh, no nerves whatsoever. And I'm thinking, oh, no, this is what's going on. Uh, gets to Wembley. No sick before the game. And I'm thinking, oh, no, there's, there's something going on here. And then, my son was lucky enough to be mascot, so I walked out the tunnel. My son's there, whether he was keeping me calm or not. It, it was just real weird. And uh, I remember Keith Mason was stood at the side of me, the, the Uddersfield prop, and he said, listen, it, both teams are lined up. And he just come out with, listen, all you got to do is look after Libres today. We win the game. And I just turned around and said, it's funny you should say that because we're coming after you, Keith. Uh, <laughs> so it, it, I was, it, it was all crystal clear. I took everything in. And people say that, you know, take it, everything at Wembley because it goes so quick. Well, I was the opposite. I, everything was just like perfectly. It was it was like I'd been there before, uh, done it before. Uh, and, you know, realising now, I'm a, I'm a real deep thinker about the game and, and deep deep thinking about what I've done well and what I need to work on in my past, what I've done in my career. And, and, and I've come to the conclusion, and, and I don't know if you've ever heard about the 10,000 rules. So if you do something 10,000 times or 10 hour, 10,000 hours, no, you master it. Well, for me, every little piece of grass in St. Helens from being, from when I can remember, being four four years of age when I first picked a rugby ball up, 
Uh, every little piece of grass, every rugby post, every lamppost in, in my mum and dad's street was Wembley. So I was always playing at Wembley and I used to always say, this is for the for the winning goal at Wembley. This is a field goal. Leah Brazier is going to kick the winning try, uh, winning kick or we, when we're playing 2v2 against my mates on the, on the plantations, you know, this is a try to win at Wembley. So looking back at it, I'd done it. I'd rehearsed it in my mind that many times. I, I'd been to Wembley, I'd done it. So... It was just like 10,000 times. Done it. <laughs> Absolutely. Times. I've probably done it yeah. 10, 10 million times. I so bet you had. I was, and, it, and looking back, I thought, what a great story. And that, that's a God's honest truth thinking. I wasn't nervous. And even the times when I went back and played the, uh, the other finals, it was exactly the same. It's like I'd been there before and done it. And it's just, it, it is that, you know, do it 10,000 times. I suppose that's why. I'm at golf every every day trying to do that ten thousand times. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, well, you don't it, need it was... uh, you don't need as much practice at that. I've seen you play. You're a, you're a great golfer. Could you ever picked up the clubs and, and played golf, Leaf, as a professional? Do you think? Because you you hit the ball a mile, you're dead straight. You know, you're uh, dedicated to your golf as much as you are to your rugby. Could you play golf at the professional level? Probably not, because I didn't play it young enough. I only took it up when I was uh, seriously. I played all through my career probably once a week from being 21, but I only really took it up, right, really took it up from when I, when I retired into, no, it was probably about 210 I took it up. Like, right. seriously took it up, joined a golf club, and I joined a golf club at Grange Park, and I was, they gave me 16, uh, and I've just got my new handicap of three. So, well, we're getting there. So, but the aim is, it's funny you said that, said that. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to it. It's something what's helped me in life. When I retired, uh, I went, obviously, I went into coaching, but I, I, I played golf a lot when I retired. And up until this lockdown, Eddie, up until this lockdown, I've never realised why it, I always thought that I would struggle mentally by missing rugby league. And I've never missed it once. And I've only realised, again, I'm a deep thinker, I've only realised in lockdown is golf saved me. Golf has saved me because I played I it. So I've got a little goal. I've got a little goal set for when I'm 50. I wanna I wanna join the the seniors tour, whether that just be for one year or you know self fund myself. But that's the goal. I want to be a professional. I want to be seniors tour when I'm 50. But I'm gonna try my best to get there. Probably won't, but I'm gonna try my goddamn hardest to get there. Well, that would be that would be amazing if if you did that. It really would. Look, look just back briefly to to 2009 again. I think I'm right in saying that you and Adrian Morley, you, he called on you, didn't he, to come up and you both lifted the trophy together. And you got your 60th career drop goal at Wembley that day. Do you know that? I didn't know about the 60th career drop goal. No, uh, I just got to take a moment because I get, I get emotional when you speak about Adrian's uh, generosity, really. Yeah. He... he it, well, it, it just shows you what what the the true the true worth of that man is. He didn't have to do that, but he knew what I'd been through. Uh, he knew what the amount of effort I've, and and loyalty I, I've given to Warrington over the years, and, and for him to 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 let me share that moment was well. How how do I pay that back? Impossible. But, well, it, it impossible. is impossible. But it Moz knows that he's 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 my captain, and and he's always will be my captain, and. Uh, listen, I'm, I'll be there at a drop of a phone call if he ne ever needs me. He knows that, but it, it was just an unbe unbelievable gesture. Unbelievable. It was. It was fantastic. It was a great moment. I remember it well. And Michael Monaghan won the Lance Todd Trophy that day. 
just yeah. wedging you out in the vote. But 12 months later, you went back to Wembley again and you got the Lance Todd this time yourself. And this, this time it was against Leeds. Yeah, and uh, unbelievable. Leeds were, were, were favourites to win that. But again, Wembley just seemed like our home. Yes. You know, it was just, again, it was super, super sharp training. Everybody focused. Tony Smith, again, knowing what we needed to do, understood it, delivered his messages nice and simple, and we we executed the plan to a T. And uh, I, I was I was lucky and fortunate enough to walk off with with the Lance Todd. And again, it, it, it's it's really... It's really weird because obviously when when I won it, uh, I pointed up to the sky to my brother and and it looks and this is how I feel it looks it looks really selfish and uh, uh, you know being an individual kind of thing but it wasn't it, it never come across as that nobody's ever said it but it's just my thoughts that you know I I, I did those things because generally you, the Lance Todd's given to the to the man of the match of the winning team you know I never yes. knew what how long was left in the game because I was just in the moment. Uh, but as soon as I heard that, I knew that it, we must be close to winning the game. And uh, I, I was elated to win it because uh, I, I'm a rugby league nerd. I, I truly am. And, and that is, <laughs> in, in my eyes, that is the, the best man of the match you, you can win in rugby league, in all of rugby league. Uh, well, it's got such tradition about it, hasn't it? There's there's so much tradition surrounding Lance Todd and and the yeah. and the award for Wembley. So much tradition. It, it, it is because we've grew up on on the on the Challenge Cup final as well. And yes, uh, you, you probably don't under, uh, probably didn't realise the significance of of winning that award. Again, I, I was still playing, so I didn't really want to celebrate it as much. But you know, I'm retired now, and 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 it, I couldn't be more prouder to to. To have my name alongside Lance Todd, it's, you know, the likes of Martin O'Fires, uh, Ellery Anley's, Alex Murphy's, the, the list goes on. And, yeah, you know, my legends name, all. Yeah, legends my, all. My, my name's next to him and I, I don't for one minute count myself in the in the same bracket as those guys, but I, I'm, I'm down in Fort Law and, and it's there and, you know, for my parents, it's a massive thing and we have a scroll up of every name on there and, and my name's one of them and... Um, it's it's not bad from a from a lad from a uh, you know a rough council estate in St Helens. It isn't. You've done you've done brilliantly, Lee. You have, and it, at that time it was a an incredible run of cup success for the Warrington Wolves at the time because uh, you went back again in 2012. You were back there. You made it three wins in four seasons. Another against Leeds, and lo and behold, another Libria's drop goal at Wembley. Oh, did, did I kick one in that one? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, again. <laughs> well, if it, if it, it uh, I'm, I'm going off um, memory here, and that's not brilliant yeah. now at my age. But I, I'm almost, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost sure you did, Lee. I'm almost cool, sure you cool. did. Oh well, what I'll about the drop what goals? A, yeah, definitely. Well, listen, you you were a fantastic exponent of the drop goal. Um, and what about the big debate? There are some within the game who who decry it. Steve O always jumped for joy whenever you slotted one over. And he once kicked five in a game against Halifax in 2002, a joint record uh, for Warrington with Paul Bishop, who achieved the same once upon a time. A lot of people decry it, though, say it's only one point. You know, it's only one point. Why are they going for the drop goal? They used to more a, than anybody. It, it makes a massive difference. You know, they can absolutely demoralise teams. If you're, if you're 12 points up with oh, 12 minutes to go and you kick mm. a field goal, well, they've got to score. They've got to score three tries. Uh, yes. And it just demoralises and, and used the right way. It's it's a it's a massive part of our game of rugby league. What I would say is, I would change the rule of if you went for a drop goal that it's a seven tackle set if you miss. 
because what we're what we're then doing is we're we're, we're not giving that drop goal full respect. We're only going to we'll be worried to give teams seven seven tackles, which I yes. think because it's a skill on its own a drop goal. So it shouldn't be punished if you miss. It takes a brave person to go for a drop goal because if you miss, you, the team gets it back on a restart twenty meters downfield. If you and get certainly it, in, well, it's certainly fine. in the golden point era, eh? Certainly yeah, in it, that era. It, it, it's wrong. It's a wrong rule. So we that that rule was brought in that seven tackle rule in my eyes was brought in for teams who kick the ball from forty meters dead to slow waste time. I, I can see where you're coming from with that. They're, they're going to award two points, aren't they, for a drop goal in Australia this year? Not in Super League, though. How do you feel about that? Because as you say, it's a it's a skill in itself. Should it be worth two points rather than just the one? Or are you happy happy to stick with the single point? Oh, I, I could I could see both uh, both. Kind of positives from it, you know, one point's great, uh, two points even better, as long as they don't stop it. Uh, it's you know, it's it's a valuable, it's a it's a, an exceptional skill to be able to do at the right time. Uh, so, you know, it's not a bad bad thing. But uh, no, I, I stick to the one. We keep keep to the traditions. We don't need to keep changing rules. One's enough. Uh, Absolutely. We've talked about the Challenge Cup and all the successes, but never the. A league title. Warrington's last, coming in 1954-55 season. That remains Warrington's holy grail, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, it's it's eluded us. Uh, it's not for one to try in. But, you know, you to, to, win a, to win a grand final, you know, everything, all the stars have got on the line for you. It's, it's as simple as that. You've got to play well. That's a given. You've got to have luck. That's a given. You know, sometimes the weather might go against you, but two teams. It's but it's there's a whole lot of things. You know, we played we played really well in in, in the Leeds and Wigan games. You know, yes. Leeds Leeds were just too good on on the day. They were more experienced us in them big games, and and they they were fully deserved winners. Uh, the Wigan game was was different. You no, know, we were we were way ahead of them in the first half, uh, and then. On the stroke of half time, this is where the, the lucky Vaders, Joe Monan, got stretched off. Yeah, they they scored the next play. They went into half time with a bit of a buzz buzz about them. We had to rejig because Joe went off. Uh, they come out firing. I think they scored, and then on the back of that, Steph Ratchford got stretched off. So yep. you, we've lost our fullback. So I had to go to fullback, and then Wigan had the ascendancy, and they they and Wigan when when they've got you. The bit between the teeth, they're ruthless on it, and and they and they absolutely dominated in the second half and deserve that. But without Joel and and Steph getting took off, you know it could have been a, a lot different. Who knows? But again, you need to have them them all everything aligned. And unfortunately, we've not aligned them yet. Um, no, not yet. Know, we're working. We're working hard to do that. And you know we, we're still a relatively inexperienced. You know at grand final. You know, we've been there how many times I've fallen and lost. Uh, you've got to go through them heartaches before you win one. You, you have, have you, indeed. You've got, you, you've got to. Sometimes you can win one and then, you know, not win for a long time. But if you want to be sustainable, you, you've got to you've got to work out a way to do it. And, you know, from top to bottom, we, we're, we're trying our best to do that. And hopefully one's around the corner. But, you know, the more we talk about it, the more pressure we put on ourselves. And we can just worry about the process of each day of turning up to training and being better than we was yesterday. And, you know, we've got to keep working and, and striving for that. 
Indeed so. Um, let's talk internationals for a moment. Um, a star for Wales of 23 caps. But you're a St Helens lad. Uh, for those who mightn't know, where did the where does the Welsh connection come from? Yeah, so my, my Welsh connection come on from my, my mum's side. Uh, my mum's mum was was from Flint. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's where the heritage comes from. My grandma, uh, and right. you know, I, I loved every minute of playing for Wales. Absolutely every minute. It was it, again. It was something what I look back on with fond memories. And to captain my, my country was 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 unbelievable and I, you know I've been asked to play for England and uh but you know it just didn't feel right uh and I, I'm not one of these to to jump shit from country to country I think once you once you put pin your your badge to one you, you should stick to one and it was just it was just fabulous it was more of a club team than a, than a country because we had to fight for everything and we had to build our 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 camaraderie on you know team spirit and whatnot it was it was just it was unbelievable yeah oh, it was and I tell you what the World Cup semi-final of 2000 at Huddersfield, Wales, marshalled by your good self, you led the mighty Kangaroos at half-time in that match. You were 20-0 up midway through the second half. It would have been one of the greatest World Cup upsets of all time. You were so close, weren't you? So close. Yeah, and we, we, we just ran out of steam in the end. It was just unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah. It was just oh. one of them. It just shows that it wants momentum in rugby league, even for for the minnows like we was to to take the Aussies all the way. It was just, it was just unbelievable. And you know, we we only had, we only had fifteen fit players on the Wednesday of that week. We were playing on Sunday. We only had fifteen. We had no more players to play, so we had to we had to get John Devereux and Paul Moriarty, who had never played rugby league since nineteen ninety six. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> to come and play in a World Cup semi-final, I think I think they were like some like thirty-five years of age each, and not played for four years. That's just that, and and we we did that to Australia. Do you know it's probably the the most famous ever loss. Definitely was he your finest in, in, international in moment? Do you think that in, in defeat? Yeah, right. The defeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in because we got beat because. We yeah. just went. Well, there was no pressure on us. It was just unbelievable, unbelievable what happened. And uh, we obviously half time coming, we were all sat there, and I think it's twenty points to eight up. And we're like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all said that. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's. But does, isn't that the magic of of sport? Is of course it is. Any on any given day, on any given day, that like, anybody can win. Just just believe in yourself. If anybody out there, just believe in yourself. You know. Your mind and your body are, are unbelievable things. You know, if you put, if you've got a group of people who who believe, well, the mind is that powerful. It happens. You just got to believe. So. And yeah. it so nearly did that day. But look, just the one Great Britain cap, and that was against France in two thousand and one. And this is despite my Briers for Britain campaign, yeah. the badges yeah. that I allegedly got produced. Have you got any? Yeah, I've got a box full in the garage. Why, <laughs> why do you think? Why do you think you never played more times for Great Britain? Was it because you were you were hampered because we were we, we had a golden age of halfbacks at that time, didn't we? Did that go against you? Yeah, I reckon there's there's an array of things. Ed. I think uh, listen, it, it's there's there's no uh, there's no hiding from the fact I weren't I wasn't a great professional. I was not a great professional. Uh, probably. 
you know, didn't train as hard as I should have been. I thought it was too, I pro- my talent probably got me through a lot. Uh, so that that would be one thing. And, you know, that's, that's my fault and nobody else's fault. Uh, I can live with that. Uh, uh, again, you learn from it. You make sure that the people you coach don't make the same mistakes. Uh, we had wonderful halfbacks at the time. Uh, they were playing at clubs what were were winning as well. They were winning grand finals and, and challenge cup finals. Uh, and you know, and, and at the end of the day, you, you, your face has got to fit. Uh, so all in all, you know, I look back at it and and am I disappointed? I'm not. It's life. People, you know, I, I I earned that one cap for Great Britain, which which I look back fondly on. Should he have more? Well, that's for other people. That's for other people to think. Uh, and you know, it was great that you 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 always had my back on that, and I, I really really appreciate that, Eddie. I really do. Uh, but you know, it happened, and 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 you move on. All I can do now is use that experience to pass on to to players who I coach, and and make sure that they get everything. They tick every box they need to if they've got aspirations playing for the country. Good enough. Well, listen. I mean, you say I had your back for me. Pound for pound, at that time, you were the, the best number six we had, number six, number seven. Why you weren't given more of a chance, I don't know. But that, that's maybe a story for another day. You retired when the body said, look, I've had enough, uh, 2013, after the grand final defeat by Wigan. And you're still there now as assistant coach at Warrington. You, were you always going give, to give the game a go at coaching? It sounds like you were. Yeah, well, basically, from from being obviously being a halfback, you need you need to coach anyway on the field. Uh, but I've I've coached since I've, I've been twenty one. I've I've done all the local teams in Saint Helens, you know, all the open age. Uh, I've yeah. coached me me. I coached my son from being six to fourteen. So I'd always coach while I played. Uh, so you know, it's val it's give me valuable experience, knowledge is is power. Uh, so what happened was really is. In 2013, when I had my, my neck injury the first time, and I was out for 16 weeks, so I said, listen, to the club, I said, I'll come down to the academy sessions and uh, voluntarily and, and do some sessions, uh, take the halfbacks, take out some attack and stuff and, and do that. And uh, why I was doing that, Gary Chambers, who was the head coach, moved on to Swinton's head coach. So then the assistant coach moved to a head coach at the academy and I become assistant coach. Uh, right. So things fell in place for me. I'm a big believer in fate and, and that's the way it progressed and uh, I, I was my contract to play was up so I signed up a one year deal to play and then I was going to play another year uh, and then a two year two year coaching gig to, to coach the academy as head coach uh, carried on coaching the academy that year and then I had another neck injury where found out after the grand final where I'd had to retire so Instead of playing in two fourteen and then coaching two fifteen sixteen, I brought the coach into two fourteen two fifteen, and that's what it it went from there. And you know the the plan what I had progressing, you know, being a, the academy head coach and then uh, being assistant coach and moving up is you know I've got a ten year plan and it, it's going the way I, the way I envisage probably better at the moment because in that I coached England academy and I also did we had Warrington reserves last year which was which was another step up. Uh, but at the end of the yes. 10 years, at the end of the 10 years, the plan is to to be a head coach. But that, that, goal, has, uh, that goal has changed now. Uh, at this moment in time, I don't want to be a head coach. Uh, I'm, uh, it's, it's, it's not something I think 
is for me. Uh, could I do it? Yes, definitely could do it, million percent. Uh, but do I need the hassle of what comes with that? Probably not. Uh, but, you know, things change. I'm, I'm, I'm happy at the moment. I'm striving to be the best assistant coach I can be, be the best version of myself I can be, uh, and, and see what comes. But at the moment, head coach is totally off my radar. Uh, and But, you know, never say never in this game. I just no, can't it might see, change. I just can't see myself being that at the moment. But, you know, I, I, I learn every day. I, I do a lot of CPD. I go to other other organisations. Uh, I've had a few offers uh, to go to Rugby Union. Uh, I got a, a massive offer. Uh, I think it was, well, it wasn't last year, it was the year before. Uh, a massive offer to, to go over to Rugby Union. Uh, but it just it just didn't sit right at the time. I just signed a, a new deal at Warrington three months before that and you know I, I, my, my three values are loyalty honesty and trust and I wouldn't be showing much loyalty if I, if I left after three months of, of a new deal so uh, there's options there's, there's there's always options coming to me uh, it's it's probably just working out but I'm loving my time at Warrington uh, do we ever see myself leaving I'm not sure uh, if the club want me to stay forever I don't know if it, I don't know there's, there's, op- there's, there's things to work out uh, but it's good that I've got some options of both in this country and, and over on the other side of the world. Uh, Brilliant. So I must be, I must be doing something right, I suppose. You are. Oh, definitely you are. You, I mean, you, your autobiography was called Off the Cuff, wasn't it? And you, 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 I know you've got a plan and you've got a master plan. You played off the cuff. You know, you love to see players play off the cuff. And talking of which, we've got the new season coming up, hopefully very very soon and Greg Inglis is the headline act at Warrington this year we all can't wait to see him in Super League and people say if he plays to 80% of his form from Australia he'll be fabulous over here a sensation do you think so? Oh listen you, when, you, when you're talking to the likes of Greg Inglis uh, you're talking to the likes of you know Michael Jordan uh, Tiger Woods uh, who, who to name a few, Ronnie O'Sullivan, and he—they—they—they they are the world-class athletes, like world superstar athletes. Uh, Greg's been out of the game for two years, so the, there's no pressure from us at the moment to, you know, to, to fast fast forward his training and whatnot. It's it's a slow process. Greg understands that. Uh, he's he's been here, you know, a month now and and fitted him unbelievably well. He's great for me as a coach. He understands. The game of rugby league. Why wouldn't he? He's, he's been at the top of his game for so so long, and uh, he he's great for me to 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 lend out a bit of advice to, and to he 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 tips me up on some drills and where I can learn and where he's learning off me, and and where he gets he can get my message across to the players uh, from a player's point of view. He's everything about the guy just screams world class. Uh, so Good. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna Make any predictions on, on, uh, on obviously any media forums that he's he's going to be the Greg Inglis of two thousand and and eighteen when he last played or whenever that was. Uh, Greg will I'll put enough pressure on himself. The one thing for sure is what I will say is, when he jumps in our sessions, you won't think he's been out for two two years. Uh, wow. But there's a long there's a long way to go, long way to go. But what a fabulous I must say what a fabulous addition to. To Super League, Greg Inglis. I was only watching uh, yesterday. I think it was yeah. 
yesterday or day before. But uh, our game, Leeds against uh, Warrington against Leeds, where Andrew John played his first game, and I, you know, I'll, oh, I'll speak. Oh. I, and that <laughs> was what a night. And and you know, our mate Steve always over in Oz to say, no, I, it's not fair. He shouldn't be here. But you know, how can we deny these world class athletes? These world class athletes come to our game and enhancing our sport because that's what's going to happen if if there was fans at the first game were Greg Inglis well let's say for instance I've got friends in St Helens who are all Saints fans and they say we will be coming to Warrington to watch Greg Inglis there you go he's that's going to put buttons on seats when we're allowed isn't he he's going to do it there you go Saints fans diehard Saints fans saying we will come to Warrington when Saints are not there by the way and we'll watch Greg Inglis that for me says it all Exactly, full stop, absolutely Look, we, we've up. talked about your ambitions We've talked about your ambitions We know you want to join the Seniors Tour in golf when you're 50 uh, But I also know you make a name for yourself these days As an after-dinner uh, uh, speaker, don't you, on the circuit You, you obviously enjoy that as well Yeah, you know, it's, it's great to tell me my story Because it, you, you've had a snippet of it today You've had, Obviously, I go into it deeper Uh to be fair, and if you was paying me the money, what they pay me, I would have gone into it deeper today. But you know, <laughs> you're getting it free yeah. again. <laughs> Steady on. <laughs> I told you, you you can work seven days a week, Lee, for now. Yeah. You know that. <laughs> you, you, you're not wrong. Yeah. So it's, you know, I, I really do like it. I really do like. I like to tell my story, and it's it, it. You know, it's it's a good story to hear, and it's it's from where I started. You know, very. You know, where I was born, all the way up to to where I'm at now, and. You know, I don't, I don't tell any any pokers. And if you ask me questions, I tell you the truth. And I think, you know, because I'm, I'm at peace. I'm happy. I'm happy in my life. Uh, I'm happy with the career what I've had up to now. I've done a lot of things wrong. I've done more things right. I'm learning every day from them, and and it's good to tell them stories. And you know, I do it for free. I honestly do it for free because I just love it. Play talking rugby league, especially when it can help other rugby league clubs, you know, amateur clubs. Uh, you know, we're, we're in this lockdown pandemic and amateur clubs are really struggling. So if any amateur clubs out there uh, need any help uh, and they need me to speak to any kids or whatnot, I'll, I'll speak to them, not a problem, get in touch. It's, I'm here to, to help and, and to give my knowledge of, uh, of, of what I've done before and hopefully can help people along the way. Lee, that's a, a great place to end. And uh, I know whatever you do in the future, you will be a success, I'm sure. Thank you for being so generous with your time, with your stories. It's been fantastic talking to you again. Uh, have a truly successful season at the Wolves. And who knows, Wembley or even better, Old Trafford. And with fans, please, God, as with fans. Wouldn't yeah. that be something, eh? Wouldn't that well, be that's, something? Well, that's, that's the main thing at the moment. Everybody stays healthy, but we get the fans back in. No, thanks for having me, Ed, and I really appreciate it. I'm honoured that you, you, know, you oh. thought of me. And sometimes when you're, when, you're, when you're out of the limelight, you get forgotten. But you know, it's great cool. that you've, you've got in touch, and it, I appreciate every minute of it. Lee, I know when you're out the limelight, people forget you. Don't worry about that. We're, we're yeah. two of a kind. We're two of a two kind. Of... It's been fabulous, Lee. Thanks very much indeed awesome. to you. Uh, another rugby league great we've been speaking to today, and we'll be back. Uh, the week before the start of the new season with Eddie and Steve the podcast as the rates for points and trophies begins all over again. And now you can listen to us in a variety of platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud and YouTube. You just search for Eddie and Steve the podcast 
And of course, follow us on Twitter at Eddie underscore Steve Go, all lowercase. You'll find us somewhere there. Thanks for listening. And thanks, a special thanks to Librius as well. I'll see you all very soon. <laughs>